It's time for Larry News Spots. My guests tonight, Micah the Mad Dog Sherman and John Blue. Oops. And I'm your host, Larry the for joining me at 7.03 p.m. on this Thursday evening. How you guys doing? Good, Larry. How are you, man? Oh, I'm great. I am great. It sounds like, it sounds like in June, uh, NBA training camps are going to start. It seems optimistic, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's an interesting experiment. Like, um, it's one thing to keep people in mm-hmm. with the whole bubble thing. It's another to keep people out. And so, you know. You mean to stop people from coming into the bubble? Yeah, like that's what Michael Irvin was saying when they talked <laughs> about the Cowboys back in the day. If, they, if they'd been in a bubble, he, he said, yeah, you know, you keep the guys in, but you couldn't keep the girls out. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> that I, wasn't during a pandemic, we, though. No, I think with the with the NBA, the the hard part is just um, I think it's just going to be operationally figuring out, you know, enough places to fit all these people and so forth. But once they get that figured out, I mean, these guys lead boring lives during the regular season anyway, Mm -hmm. a lot of them, because they can't go out. They have to like they sleep during the day to get ready for the games that night. I mean, not Dennis Rodman. Any league can handle it. Because of the small team size and the training staff size, I guess the NBA can do it. Yeah. So. It seems like it's a very like mature league and every everybody's kinda in it together and kinda understands what they're what they're actually trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hope for the best and hope that if uh someone would unfortunately get the disease uh during this experiment that we don't all freak out and that they're able to isolate them correctly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John, what would you like to sports about today? So, so everyone's, so there's not a lot of live sports going on. I don't no. watch the, the auto racing. No. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Korean baseball. Uh, or the Bundesliga. Um, but, but yeah, everyone's talking about the Jordan doc, mm-hmm. all that stuff still, kind of fading away and the people who say that Jordan would have gone eight. No, if he'd stayed and won, you know, those two finals in the middle, Mm -hmm. like that is so beyond ridiculous. And so like contrary to what the numbers show about the teams, like gradually declining, like the 91 bulls versus the 92 versus the 93. And then, you know, the 96, 97, 98, like, they wouldn't have won those two in the middle. They might have won in 99 if they'd stuck around mm-hmm. because the strike shortened season and everything was a crapshoot anyway. But well, even then, I'm only giving them a might. And I'm giving them a no effing way in 94, 95. Yeah. Much better needed teams, break. Better pacer teams, good magic, peak Rockets, and Akeem. Like, just no way. Peak Knicks. Peak Knicks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did you end up watching the doc at all? I haven't yet, um, but um, it's on yeah. my it's on my list. I just finished schoolwork on Monday night, so I'm kind of like, yeah, now I'm getting back to the real world. So. Yeah, back to the real world in the Jordan years. Exactly, yeah. back to the real world of the late '90s. Yeah, Clyde's real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, they they show it really well in the last uh, episode of during the '98 series. He's just like on fumes and. At Pippin's back, that was the game that Pippin's back gave out, and he's playing, but he's just basically a decoy, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Micah, you watch this? Yeah, I've seen all 10 episodes, and I've listened to the after show on Jalen and Jacoby, and I have a lot of thoughts about Michael Jordan and mm-hmm. the 90s Bulls. I mean, you know, for me, it just brought back a lot of memories of collecting basketball cards and deifying Michael Jordan, which anybody who was alive in the nineties did 
Um, and watching this behind the scenes has really given me some pause in a couple ways. Um, what are, are we on camera? Are we gonna? Is this this is just audio? It's just audio. All so right, you cool. can take your take clothes my, off. Uh, take my clothes off. Um, yeah, we're all at home. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get a little, let's get a little breeze right. going. Ah, now yeah, we're comfortable. I'm in, I'm in my uh, voiceover closet right now. <laughs> I was like, man, it's getting hot in here. Um, so to your question, would they have won? Um, maybe, I, I agree with John. Maybe they would have figured out a way to do it in 99, but I don't think they would have won from 91 to 99. I mm -hmm. really don't. Um, and when people talk about Michael Jordan being the best player of, of all time, they always cite his six championships and two three-peats. Mm -hmm. And um, his six finals MVPs. Which is, it's fine to cite that. Um but look, LeBron James has been to nine straight finals. Yeah. That's to me, that's if we're going to talk about greatness and longevity, I think LeBron has him there. However, and, and I was of that camp for maybe two or three years. I think since he won with Cleveland, I was like, that's it. LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time because I just like him better than Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. I just think he's a better person. I yeah. think his outlook on life, I think he's better for the game. I think he's better for a lot of things. Yeah. But watching that documentary reaffirmed for me that Michael Jordan is the greatest individual basketball player of all time. I mean, Bobby Knight, who knows basketball, coached him in the Olympics and said as much when he was going into the NBA as a rookie. He said, he's the most gifted athlete I've ever seen on a basketball court and the most competitive. So obviously that makes him the best basketball player that I've ever seen. And watching this again reminded me, oh yeah, Michael Jordan was dominant, whereas LeBron James is more of a Magic Johnson type player. I don't think it makes him, I don't think it, that that aspect of somebody makes them a worse player, but I do think the competitive aspect um, of Michael Jordan combined with his physical abilities and his willingness to practice and work, I, I still think he's the greatest of all time. Now, if, Le if LeBron James wins in, you know, in Los Angeles, we've got another, we've got another um, conversation to have, but as it stands right now, you know, three out of nine, did you go to nine straight or eight straight? Let's see. Was, uh, so it was four with Miami and, uh, four with three. Cleveland. And four with Cleveland? Yeah. Four with Cleveland after. Oh, yeah, we lost one, won one, lost two. Right. Right. And he also went to the finals. A lot of people forget this. A couple seasons with before he went to uh, Miami with Cleveland. Well, just one. That's right, right. where they got beaten by the Spurs. Yeah. Right. That mm -hmm. Right. People forgot that because it was forgettable. Like, yeah. 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 And I will say, forgettable just like michael jordan's first six seasons <laughs> actually but that's not true michael jordan had you know he was culturally very relevant and was probably the best basketball player before he won his championships oh, yeah. not of all time but in the nba yeah yeah it is pretty cool how like jordan especially in beating the pistons had to beat the team that he couldn't get past to finally win the championship. And uh, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think, I think Jordan is the GOAT uh, because of his competitiveness, uh, which makes him not a great person sometimes, as shown in this documentary. Um, but like you see these examples of like him playing like this game where they're like shooting quarters in the locker room with like his security personnel, and he's competitive at that. Um, yeah, and... 
something else I like about Jordan over LeBron is, uh, you know, Jordan played in a system. He played the triangle. He played like an actual basketball system. LeBron just kind of, I mean, he's good enough where he could do this, but he just kind of gets the ball. Everybody spreads out and he just does what LeBron wants to do. Well, I think, I think that's an argument for LeBron James being better than Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about Michael Jordan being a ball hog and, and this and that. It's not. He was working within the system. He was doing what mm-hmm. he's supposed to do, and his teammates understood that. LeBron James is the system. Yeah. Yeah, they tried you know? to with, and, like, with David Blatt coming there. There was just like, no, we're not doing this. We're, it's, it's LeBron's team. And LeBron James is so great mm, yeah. and so improvisational. And that's another thing I love about him is like mm. his, his, his game to me, so is Michael Jordan. I mean, both their games are just so fluid and improvisational and they have different games, but yeah, I don't know. I like, I mean, I like watching Michael Jordan's game more than LeBron's because LeBron has those tight hips and, uh, <laughs> and the splayed feet <laughs> that, uh, you know, are, are weird, but I do like, you know, I like LeBron's upper body strength and, you know, I like his ability to play the four and, and yeah, uh, I mean, his you know, size, and, and I, like, is, I like his passing yeah. ability, of course, much better than Michael Jordan's court vision, yes. much better than Michael Jordan. And um, yeah, they both are just, I mean, what a treasure to be able to watch them in one lifetime. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, maybe this was because I'm younger, but when, when I was watching Jordan in those days, I never thought he was going to lose. And I almost, I, I, both because of, as a Knicks fan and just kind of like a tendency to want to root for the underdog, I always like kind of hated the Bulls and hated, oh yeah, I hated Jordan, but I hated the Bulls and it was just like, damn it, it's them again. They're going to win again. And uh, with LeBron, I don't feel like it's inevitable that he's going to win. And maybe that's due to the competition, but. Yeah, well, I think that's, uh, I think that's an, that to me is better for the game than sure Michael Jordan and all of those dynasties. Like, uh, I don't know. I guess there's always dynasties, but not like the Spurs, the Spurs was, I feel like the Spurs was an actual dynasty <clears throat> and the mm-hmm. bulls were an actual dynasty, Yeah, but the Lakers and the Celtics were going at the same time. I don't think that they're dynasties. Um, and and the um, and the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, are not because they first of all they added Kevin Durant in the middle of their dynasty, yeah, which which breaks that up. Um, and I would argue that adding Dennis Rodman breaks up that that dynasty. Whereas like with Parker Kukoc, uh, not Kukoc, um, uh, um, Ginobili and Duncan, they were together for all almost all five championships, right? They were four. Yeah, I think um, yeah. yeah. The first, the first one was one just Duncan and guys. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, Duncan and Robinson won in his uh, rookie season, I believe. Or I think it was his third year, or second or third year. Yeah. But it was it was early in Duncan's career. That was the '99 championship. Yeah, that was the that was the one they beat the Knicks in the finals. Yep. That. You know, it's funny. Um, I was always a Bulls and Michael Jordan fan because I'm from North Carolina, and uh, like I know like I know people who know Michael Jordan, which is like mm-hmm. crazy to be two degrees of separation away from Michael Jordan. But um, like my, uh, my middle school basketball coach scored the first points in the Dean dome as a Tar Heel. Oh, wow. Of the Dean E. Smith center. Um, so wait, but, what was that center? Was that where the Tar Heels played? Yeah, yeah, like it opened in 1982, and he was the first person to score in a okay. Carolina uniform. Yeah, uh, but like he's got connections to Michael Jordan, and uh, you know, I got a couple autographs from Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan was my was my you know he was he was my guy. Yeah, and it was interesting when Tim Duncan came in because he played at Wake Forest, and I enjoyed watching him with Randolph Childress uh, play in the uh, ACC tournament and, uh, and the, and the um, <clears throat> NCAA tournament. But uh, boy, I can't stand watching Tim Duncan. <laughs> it's just <laughs> to me, he's a, he's probably the best person of the three, right? 
uh-huh. of Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is probably the best person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, boy, when people started saying he was the best power forward of all time, I'm like, ah, how can you say that? I mean, he's obviously very competitive and he does what he needs to do, but I don't think he added much to the game at all. He wasn't revolutionary. If, I mean, he... Like he was his below face, revolutionary. <laughs> he, was, he was 24 and 12 for 30 seasons in a row. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, um, I mean, his, his like, post-footwork was obviously awesome. And with his longevity and the amount of titles, he's definitely up there for greatest power forward of all time. Oh, he's, I think he's the greatest power forward yeah. of all time. But his upper body is like, all he does is sling a ball at the backboard. And it's like, man, this is like watching paint dry, man. And, and Tony <laughs> Parker and Ginobili didn't add a lot to the, uh, the, uh, the wow factor of that team. I mean, Ginobili had, just, I mean, Ginobili I had some flash. Kind of Tony yeah. kind of did too. I mean, Tony could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony could play. Tony's a boring player. <laughs> he He's had, a poor man, Steph Curry. Sure. Yeah, but that he was before won. Steph Curry. We didn't know he was a poor <laughs> man, Steph Curry. I'm telling you now. Okay. He had one interesting year where I think he was actually like sort of towards the edge of the MVP conversation. This was later. Well, he did that finals MVP too. Parker did? <laughs> <laughs> cares who no, cares I, hey, no one hates the spurs more than i do like that's mm-hmm. that's for sure but um like yeah I, I i don't know i always felt like they were gonna win oh you yeah. know you know you know what uh isaiah thomas said about larry bird about how he's like if he was a black guy nobody'd be talking about him it's just like yeah. people talk about him because he's white i disagree with that because he's um He's just a very, very competitive, like he's like Michael Jordan competitive and a, a really hard worker, great leader, great pat. He's got a lot of skills for sure. Larry Bird. I th- I, yeah, I think yeah. if people, I think I think if he was black, people would still talk about him. Oh, yeah. But he's as boring to watch as Tim <laughs> Duncan, man. Just put it, put it behind your head and sling it at the basket. Who uh-huh. cares? <laughs> Who cares? It would be interesting if if Larry Bird played now because he would, I mean, he would be a three point menace and he would be he would be fun because he I think he had like some uh, 50, 40, I think he 90. He's playing right now. His name's Luka Doncic. <laughs> yeah, well, Luka's. I mean that he's uh, he's a ball handling genius. I, he's, yeah, he's dope to watch. The, my favorite thing about watching him is uh, his threes. It's weird. Like they almost like they're like on a beeline, like very little arc, but yeah. still they go in and it's Michael Jordan's and Kobe Bryant's too. They were yeah. all like, they knew every time it, that it's going in. And if it's yeah. not, if it's not right in the middle of the basket, it's going to be like, right. Right. Uh, one of my favorite details from the doc, was just like Bill Wennington. <laughs> he, he's He's been a laughing he's been a punchline since he was on the bulls yeah same thing with luke longley right 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 winnington he and bill cartwright let's be honest bill cartwright (laughs) bill cartwright is such one of the dork worst players to watch (laughs) in the history he's the worst starter in the history of nba basketball to watch (laughs) yeah just a very just boring big man all of them, kind of. Uh, yeah, it's like you take Joakim's Noah's Joakim Noah's jump shot, and you just straighten the elbows, and that's what it is. <laughs> Joakim Noah is like famous so for weird. his like flared out elbows. Who taught you that? Yeah. Don't do that. You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say about Wennington was all his interviews in this documentary. He is doing them from what looks like like an eight-year-old's dream of like a great basement. He's got like a slot machine and like air hockey <laughs> tables. It's like the toy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was an interesting, like, like who they chose to interview for this. I, I loved hearing from BJ Armstrong. Yeah. For sure. Iowa. Uh, Iowa. Yeah. Every, yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. like back in the day, people our age, 
love BJ Armstrong and Muggsy Bogues because we were like, well, they're us. Right. (laughs) They were children. They're children (laughs) in the NBA. And BJ Armstrong is still a child. (laughs) Not as much as Bill Winnington. No, no. Bill Winnington has a handlebar mustache, which is nuts. (laughs) Yeah. And, And Bill Cartwright was going gray his rookie season. Yeah, Bill Cartwright was an old man his rookie season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so John, got to watch it. Um, yeah, I think, would they have won, say, 94? You think they would have gone four straight? I think they could have no. done that. No, they would, the wheels were already coming off. And, I mean, they still had a good team in 94. The 95 team wasn't as good. But mm. the 94 team still had Horace Grant, I think. Um, yes. And, and yeah, I just – I don't think they could have – I don't think they would have beaten the Knicks again. I think the Knicks would have finally gotten over the hump there, just like they got over the hump against Detroit and Detroit got over the hump against Boston. Mm-hmm. It was sort of just the, the natural order of things. And if they made it to the finals, though, I don't think there's any way they stop Hakeem. That was like – that was – that was Pete Hakeem, and that was, just, that was a good team, the Rockets team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that um, Michael Jordan. I, I think I think it should be a detraction on his greatness that he stepped that he stepped away from the game for a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Like people people are like, oh, he he never lost in the finals. And it's like, yeah, well, he didn't make it to the finals <laughs> over half the time. Yeah. Yeah. So what about that? And one season he just quit. So what of that? Yeah. And I mean, it, you talk about LeBron making it, you know, eight in a row. Um, and it's like, yeah, that takes a toll. And LeBron was also playing the Olympics. And, <laughs> right. and like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just crazy. It, it's crazy that they, that they give him credit for taking the time off. Like, I think it's cool that he did it, but I think there's an, there's a, an advantage you get from taking that, you know, year and a half and that refresh. And it's, yeah, I think it's yeah, and he was like, he was like, Oh, I didn't have a basketball body. I had a baseball body. And it's like, dude, there's no such thing as a baseball body. Have you <laughs> that, seen that's Babe the point. <laughs> He had a baseball body, which is, <laughs> you don't need a body to play baseball. <laughs> right. He was, he had deteriorated to baseball body. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You just didn't work out as much. That's what happened. <laughs> right. Uh, Actually, I, I take that back. I'm sure he worked. I'm his sure he tail did. off. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge him that either. Like in the game of life and and the game of basketball, you know, Jalen Rose always says this. There's there's winning at the game of basketball and there's winning at the game of life. And in that moment, I think he was really winning at the game of life. He stepped away from what became really too much for him. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and I totally get that. Um, but I think that that should detract. I mean, that's a fragility of mindset. And I, I, and I, I get it. I get it. Your best friend and your father was murdered. That's horrible. And I, I don't know how I would react if my best friend and father were, were, were not here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's something about LeBron James having balance in his life and figuring out how to make his career and competitiveness and, um, and legacy sustainable. Whereas Michael Jordan's was not. And we saw that. We saw that with him routinely losing before he figured it out. And then we saw that with him on the wizards. And we also saw that with him taking two years off, to go play for the Barons? Birmingham Barons, yep. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the more that I'm saying stuff out loud, the more I'm like, well, actually, LeBron James might be the best player of all time. But I think I think we also keep in mind the degree of difficulty for LeBron to keep it together. Like, I'm always so impressed by the guy who's been in the spotlight since he was, you know, in ninth grade. And dealt with like a much, much more intense media environment than Michael did. Um, and he's like kept it clean and he's done yeah. all this stuff and he's actually thrived. And I don't know, he's, he, he's done so much more in terms of political yeah. stuff. I'm not yeah. saying Michael was obligated to do that. I, I mean, but mm-hmm. 
just, yeah. I mean, I think it shows you can, and obviously you should. So, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I, Michael Jordan was a trailblazer in his own right. And just by virtue of being him, you know, LeBron James lives in a different time. Sure. So um, I think he has the, the, the ability more than, than Michael had to do that. Um, but Michael Jordan is also alive right now and a billionaire. So um, yeah. he could, I just think, yeah, LeBron James is able to, it's so funny. Like, what was your question, John? What was the, what was the or just topic? pointing out um, that LeBron, you know, takes more, has more of a social outreach in his political statements and his. Uh, no, I mean, how did we how did we start this? Oh, we started like, always ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eight in a row. Yeah. yeah. Well, also this with what, uh, this with... what it always is though, right? We always talk about. I, I I do think so. Let's let's talk about this too. I think this should be this should play into it. How long was each one of them the best in the league? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jordan definitely hasn't beat there. You think, think so? I think so. I think Jordan was the best in the league. Like when Bird and Magic started to fade in the like late 80s, early 90s. I mean, Magic so, hadn't faded as much. Bird was definitely hurt by the back. But mm-hmm. then then it was it was Jordan all the way through the 90s, even when he wasn't playing. Like people would say the best basketball player of the world is in Alabama right now. Like they yeah, would yeah. yeah. I mean, he had that whole run, whereas LeBron has had Kobe overlapping the first part of his career and then like he's had look, look, for for uh for michael jordan it was 91 to 98 or thereabouts right uh yeah, yeah I, I mean you could even go I mean, 89 through probably to 89 i would say yeah. look that's just that's nine years LeBron James made it to the finals eight years and was definitely the best player on the planet for all that and yeah. I think was the best player on the planet before that and after that. And I think like still the best player. You can't tell on the me planet. that Giannis is better than him. You can't tell me that um, Steph is better than him. I definitely think that Kobe was for a year or two. Yeah. But LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. I think LeBron has, has got a good 12 or 13 years of being the absolute best player in the NBA. I think the difference is maybe there's a smaller gap between LeBron and the other great players in the NBA versus Michael and everybody. But I think Michael, yeah, I mean, Michael was just, there was no, there was no argument, no argument. Um, and I didn't even, I wasn't even a Michael guy. Like I yeah. was a magic guy and uh, <laughs> yeah, Jordan's the best. Yeah. That guy. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like it just, it's amazing how he was like the most famous person in the world in yeah. a way that, LeBron is not, even though LeBron is obviously very famous, but I think like more people knew Michael at the time. And like right now, like someone like my mom, I don't know if she knows who LeBron, she probably knows who LeBron is, but like, I don't know. And uh, as far as the political stuff we were saying before, I think, uh, and this, I don't know if this speaks to or against Michael's greatness is, you know, when he had that statement, Republicans buy shoes too. I think he just, didn't really care about politics because yeah. he was so just focused on being the best at everything. Which is fair. Well, Again, you don't, you don't have to. Yeah. And also you could have tried to be the best at politics, but you didn't. Right. Yeah. But as so, you said, different time, you know, it's, it is definitely, it was definitely a different time. And I do think that, everybody had a different perspective on like where we were as far as race relations go yeah. in the United States. Right. That whole line, uh, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Yeah. Um, mm. I, you know, it was just, a, it was a different time. And, and, and I do think by virtue of being a black man who is a pitch man, um, you know, OJ had that a little bit. And who else had that a little bit, but like, you mean like stardom that crawl, like was with everybody in America. Yeah. Where everybody in the world was like, I'm going to buy what that guy's selling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think Shaquille O'Neal has done a great job of that. Yeah. But he he pitches some garbage stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, 
I mean, like he's doing like yeah. Icy Hot. He's on, uh, yeah, Icy Hot. The General, like, save some time. I don't know. I mean, I love Shaq, but that's kind of. Hmm. I mean, hmm, what? I mean, just because, like. <laughs> just because you don't buy general insurance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing he's legitimized both those more than they already were. Right. I'm, I'm saying that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine, but I don't know. If you get to pick and choose, why not pick and choose, you know, like top tier brands and, you know, tell that, to Mike, tell that to Michael Jordan when he signed with Nike, which was a trash track shoe at the time. Hmm. He made that company. He definitely sure. made yeah. that company. Well, well then he continues to make that company. When we're all getting general insurance and <laughs> hot wraps in a couple years, then all right. But yeah. I mean, he was, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Hey, John, name, uh, name two of Nike's competitors. Like now or then? Now. Well, like Adidas, mm-hmm. Reebok. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. That, yeah, that's, Brooks, good. that's good. That's good. That's good. Name a competitor of Icy Hot. Um, ben Gay. Nothing. Ben Gay, maybe. So I, I think I've made my point, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. All right, so as soon as he starts doing Q-tips, the people that are really cotton swabs, everyone says Q-tips anyway. Yeah, scotch tape. <laughs> Kleenex. Kleenex. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, still a lot of uncharted territory there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but no, I, I'm with I'm with you, John. He does uh, he does a lot of pitching, whereas Michael Jordan doesn't need to. I think mm-hmm. I think Shaq has something going on financially where he really needs to be uh, making as much money as he possibly can right now, which is why you see. Him. What's Mike that? also did that those weird Hanes commercials with his like oh yeah dash and all that. like that was that was weird the like tag my friend thing, uh, yeah. my friend Michael is in those he's the he's the guy who's sitting across from him in oh, on really? the airplane yeah or, yeah okay Michael Torpy yeah ah Michael Torpy the legend uh cool so Micah uh, is there yes. anything you would like to sports about? I do. Um, well, I'm, it's it's news to me because I haven't really been uh, paying attention to a lot of news recently. I'm just trying to, um, you know, work on yourself. You know how things go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been interesting to hear that the NBA has a plan to roll things out. I'm really excited to see how that goes, and I feel like Adam Silver is the commissioner that I would trust to be the trailblazer to do mm-hmm. that. He's made nothing, but he even navigated the China thing really well this summer. And mm-hmm. that was an impossible situation. And oh, we're yeah. not even, we're not even talking about it anymore. You know, we stopped talking about it two weeks after it happened. I think because Adam Silver is such a great commissioner. It always LeBron seems James was messing up. Yeah. A lot of people were messing up. Yeah. Yep. It really um, always and- seems like, like NBA, the commissioner and the players are on the same page and yeah i mean and i think he really respects his players as um as uh, co-workers and and the the value in the product that they're putting out whereas uh you know i think that there's a little bit more of a plantation mindset in the um in the uh, nfl and and possibly the the major league baseball but i don't really care about baseball <laughs> Um, cause I'm not 59. So, um, I would like to talk about, I, I want to hear from you guys. Um, are you athletes? I know Larry, you are. Yeah. Did you play high school sports? Did you guys play high school sports? I, I was, um, yeah. I mean, the only organized sport I played was golf, but okay. like for like the high school team and stuff like that. But otherwise, I mean, I played football, um, basketball um, with friends and stuff, pick up, all that yeah, stuff yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, when, I was, when I was in seventh grade, I started to get groomed as a uh, basketball prospect. And um, <clears throat> um, I played varsity basketball my freshman year in high school and I played AAU and I was like, man, I'm going to get a scholarship and I'm going to play professionally. And that was my goal. I wanted to be like Mike. And um, I found that I 
didn't like the competition aspect of higher level sports. Um, so my question to you guys is how much more important is winning than anything else in sports? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of people make this argument, right? Well, it's important to win, but you got to win the right way. Bill Belichick would say that you're a loser, <laughs> right? Sure. A Michael Jordan would call that a losing mentality. Yeah, you want to do things right so that you can win. But if doing things right isn't getting you to win, then you shouldn't be doing things right. Like the only the only thing that matters in higher level sports is winning because that competition is the product, right? Without that competition, there's no product. And that's, so how- that's maybe the, the Jeff Skilling argument, right? So remember Jeff Skilling from... Enron fame, like before he was <laughs> taking Enron into bankruptcy, he was like famous and, you know, went to Harvard, did all that stuff. And he was at Harvard. Um, people remember him and cause he was this up and comer and, you know, super type A guy, super accomplished. And his philosophy was my job is to do everything I can to make the company successful. It's the government's job to try and stop it. Like he was like any, whatever the rules are, I, it's my job to bend, break, do whatever I have to do. It's their job to catch me. And so that's, that was like, that's the alternative approach where it's not, where you shouldn't be moralist. You should be completely amoral as a leader and let the, you know, systems and institutions in place stop you if they can. So it didn't work out for him. It did not. That man, that mentality didn't work out for him, and but it, it has didn't worked work out. out for it didn't work out for Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, um, anybody, Sean. Ken, it didn't work for anybody that played at the same time as Michael Jordan, except for Hakeem Olajuwon. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I would say like Barkley and Kemp and those guys you mentioned uh, had that mentality of I'm going to do whatever and it's the it's the arbiter's job to stop me i mean uh, watching charles barkley play i would (laughs) maybe barkley i would (laughs) argue with you on that um same thing with dennis rodman right i mean he so i think dennis is an interesting uh case study here because i don't know that it's competitive i don't know that he was solely focused on winning all Mm -hmm. he wanted to do was help he wanted to make money. He, wa- he wanted to get, a, get rebounds. He wanted to get all the rebounds. And he wanted to play all the defense. And that's great. But he was not focused on winning. And he, said, you know, he says he, did, he likes to win. I, I agree. But if you're solely focused on winning, you don't go and wrestle. Right. If you're solely focused mm. on winning, you don't take a, a vacation to Vegas. Um, so how important is it to... I guess this is outside of sports too, since we're bringing in Enron, how important, how much more important is success and winning than actually living a good life. And at, at some point going, you know what, if I try to win here, I'm actually not going to win, which Jeff Skilling should have. I think he should have taken that to heart. He lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big time. And um, if Michael Jordan hadn't won all the championships that he had, one could argue that he had a wasted life. And I'm, I could even argue that he's wasting his life right now. He does not seem happy. He does not seem contented. And I don't envy him a bit. Right. Well, I think, I think the most telling thing from Michael is not, you know, this 10 part documentary. I think it, it boils down to a single Hall of Fame speech. And that should be your moment to look back, to thank people, to show gratitude and be humble. And he was, he did none of those things. Right. And he just, he was bitter and vindictive. Like Tom Brady has 
played with a chip on his shoulder his whole career, right? Mm-hmm. For being a you know late round pick and all these all these teams passed him. And he's channeled that into, you know, some perceived slights here and there. And it's it's honed his competitive edge. But he's not a total asshole about it. Like, there's, there is a way to be that competitive without it ruining your life. Like, I think Brady found a pretty good balance there. Like, he's absolutely obsessed with football. He's also, you know, cares a lot about being a dad and a husband and, you know, friend. Um, so I think I would say, you know, it's, it's super, super important in a lot of ways. And I would, and I hate when people say they weren't trying if they just, if just cause they lost, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I didn't try hard, but so the election I think, was rigged. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, uh, so I think it's hugely, hugely important, but it, it can't be more important than the other stuff. It just can't. Yeah. And I think Michael Jordan's a telling example. What, when you say the other stuff, what do you mean? I mean, the, 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 you know, the stuff that really matters in, in life, the stuff that keeps people that keeps people from saying, Oh, that guy had a wasted life or the keeps people from saying, man, I don't envy that guy at all. It's this, you know, it's the family, it's the friends, it's, you know, the connections you make and, and the lives you make better, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm with you. I don't, I don't envy, I don't envy his situation at all. Cause I, I have a, or I had, I had a body that was built for basketball. I now was, you have a baseball body. <laughs> now, yeah, Just now kidding. I have a, now I have a lower center of gravity, if you will. <laughs> um, but um, there's a part of me that feels like a, um, a failure. And uh, because I quit so early and had I continued to work, and stay in that i could have made a dent i could have made a difference in the world of basketball i believe whether it's playing overseas or you know steve kerr is a prime example of a guy like that mm-hmm. i well steve kerr first of all was really good i think people forget because his in, in the nba like he was so so he was a huge stud at arizona um <laughs> and and like he was he was like a legit college basketball like Superstar, but but the, that was the that was the only um, a college that offered him a scholarship. He was, but they were like the number one team in the country, and he was one of their best players. Yeah, I mean, he just worked and worked and worked yeah. and worked. And yeah, so I, what I'm saying is, like, if I had done that, maybe I could have been in a place that Steve Kerr was. Is I just feel like I saw the writing on the wall, and I was like, if mm-hmm. I don't explore performing arts. I am going to regret this for the rest of my life because my high school had a good performing arts program. And I was like, those people, I love what they're doing. And, and I was really, really happy for the rest of my time in high school. And people came up to me all the time and they're like, oh, why'd you quit basketball, man? You playing this year? And I was like, get out of my face. I don't, I don't want this in my life. I like playing basketball. I'm good at playing basketball, but it's not the only thing. Yeah. So how important is it for somebody in their life to have that thing that they're trying to win at and that they put in front of everything else? I think it's, I think it's bad for a person to put it in front of everything else. Um, It's, it's good to have goals and have like feel yourself getting better and improving at something. But I think you could see it in the way Michael Jordan especially in like those dream team years or him in the locker room when he's, he's joking around with players, but it's all like jokingly talking trash. I can't it's imagine sad. he it's was really like really sad. I'm friends like, with you're, anybody. You're a displeasure to be around. Man. Yeah. He's just like, you see him in the, it was in the 98 finals in the locker room. He's like, he's talking about leaving. He's like talking to Pippen. He's like, you know, when I come back, I'm going to whoop your ass. It's just like, that's all his conversations are. And yeah. I can't. <laughs> okay, Michael. Yeah. And everybody, everybody would just laugh at like that because no one's going to talk to Michael. Right. And the same is the same is the case with Donald Trump. And I, I think, yeah, I think the same is the case with the, uh, with Larry Bird too. I mean, you look at Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, they're kind of the same guy, right? Just competitive and just unhappy curmudgeons. But you look at Magic Johnson <laughs> yeah. and LeBron James and I'm like, yeah, y'all have it figured out. You're, you're like the fact that, uh, 
that Magic Johnson was able to step away from that GM position, just like, all right, I don't need this in my life. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gone. And it's and he, I think he probably felt some pangs of guilt about like, well, I'm failing my 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 ride or die team and i um you know i i want to see this through and i feel that myself like when I, when i feel like you know if i walk away from an argument with somebody because i'm like you know if i if i stay in this argument i'm gonna punch you uh <laughs> so i'm gonna step away and i'm gonna preserve this relationship but i feel like a failure having not been able to stay there and see the argument through you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do that with like political discussions all the time. I I just like I myself I avoid confrontation a lot. And then like afterwards I'll just be like, like, why the fuck did you do that? And but you know, in a lot of cases it was probably the right decision to not be confrontational. Yeah. I think so, uh, Micah, if you I, I going back to what you were saying about you know leaving. It seems like leaving was the right thing for you, and not and not just because like it just seems like you didn't love it enough to give up everything else. Yeah, right? I, I definitely think that that's right. And so in that case, it was the right decision. But also, I'm looking back on it uh, uh, 23 years in the past, and. Of course, I'm going to say it was the right decision. It led to everything that I <laughs> that I am right now. You know what? You know, I I can't look back on my life with regret like that. I'm just wondering, like, going forward in life, we seem to idolize people like this, Donald Trump, um, um yeah. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. I mean, who else can you think of like this? Uh, Tom Brady in a lot of ways. Um, Bill Belichick, what a curmudgeonly, like, wow. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I guess Steve. he just loves the game so much and nothing else. Yeah. That, like, I had a, I had a, at the performing arts, in the performing arts program, I had a director who was like, if you can see yourself doing anything other than acting, you should probably go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, you know, I feel the same way about uh, competitive sports in in um, in uh, high school and especially college. I, you know, I think I just didn't love it. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's and, and maybe it's not a competitive issue. But mm -hmm. um, to me, when I look, when I having watched the Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan in the Last Dance, I'm like, well, we idolize this guy, and he's so unhappy. And we idolize him. We go, oh, he was so competitive. Isn't that great? And mm -hmm. I'm watching it like, sure doesn't seem great. He's drinking through this whole interview and smoking cigars <laughs> like he's Sigmund Freud. Yeah. And like he still <laughs> hates Isaiah Thomas after all these years. Like he's not dropping those grudges. Yeah. And, man, get over yourself. And, uh, I, I think to answer why we idolize these people, well, one, it's because we don't know the the real what the real person is like. Um, but a lot of these people, uh, Steve Jobs is another example. Mm -hmm. I think these single-minded people they do change the world, um, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily good people. And Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Yep. Mm. I mean, there's also some, a little bit of like survivor bias too in this where, you know, there were people who were just as competitive as Michael Jordan. They just didn't win. Yeah, there's that right? too. And so you only get the like people idolizing you if you actually come through and win. But I mean, I don't know Patrick Ewing. Maybe he was crazy competitive too. I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. like there's all these guys who came up short. Barkley was certainly competitive as hell. And they're just not thought of in the same way because they didn't win. Right. And, you know, there could have been some guy at Arizona State who was the same, just as competitive, but, you know, never made it to the NBA just because he didn't have the right. talent. But you look at, I mean, 
I guess the reason I ask is you see some really, really successful competitive people who are about winning, but they're about other things in their life too. So I'm wondering like what, obviously in sports, winning is the most important thing, right? We all agree on that. In in terms of like the, the, the actual sporting event, you know, is, is it the most important thing for the people? I don't know, but yeah. The, the, the goal is you play to win the game. <laughs> right. So how much more important is it to win than it is to win the right way? Because I look at like people like Kobe Bryant in, in his retirement, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, although that's a bad example because he didn't win any championships. But LeBron James is another person and Magic Johnson, who I'm, and Isaiah Thomas, who I'm like, man, they, they seem happy. And Charles Barkley is interesting. Michael yeah. Jordan is not fun to talk to. Um, you know, Magic Johnson to me is interesting. He owns movie theaters, you know? Like um, LeBron James, you know, they're just interesting people. How much more important, how much more important is winning than winning the right way? That's, that's what I want to know. Or do you think it's more important to win the, to try to win the right way than it is to try to win? Uh, I, I think it's, if, if winning the wrong way means hurting others and not being a good person, then I think winning is more important than winning, or sorry, winning the right way is more important than winning. Uh, as you said, Barkley's a more interesting person. Other people may value Michael Jordan more and know Michael Jordan more because he has more titles, etc. But... Um, but yeah, Mike um, Barkley's a better person. <laughs> it's crazy to say, right? right? Remember, remember during the '92 Olympics, and yeah. everyone was like, "Barkley's a bad person." And like, <laughs> yeah. we look now, and yeah. he's like, he's a social activist. You know, he'll talk to anybody. He's like, he does all like late night shows, and he's like a jovial figure. You know? Yeah, and and you know what we realized? We're looking back. We're like, no, he wasn't a bad person. He was authentic, and Michael Jordan was fake. Yeah. So I, I don't think that people idolize Michael Jordan the person. I think they idolize yeah. Michael Jordan the thing. Right. And I mean, most people before this documentary didn't know anything besides Michael Jordan the thing. So like Michael Jordan the thing versus Barkley the thing, well, Michael Jordan's better. But Michael Jordan right. the person versus Barkley the person, different story. What do you think about yeah. that, John? Yeah, I think I think it goes to... It's, it just it just comes down to your internal um, values and what yeah. what matters to you. Because, for instance, if I like I'm competitive, I'm super fucking competitive, and I want to win. But like if I cheat, then I'm like I don't get any satisfaction from that, right? Like I I just it doesn't do it for me. Like winning the right like if I if I was terrible and just couldn't win at anything, then maybe cheating would give me like the only avenue towards happiness. That, now well, that, like, now that like, is Donald Trump. Smart. I, I could win like, you know, I'm, I'm good at stuff. And, and so I don't know, I can't imagine cheating and breaking the rules and feeling any satisfaction from the win. I just can't. Um, side note, do you play backgammon? Uh, I know how to play. I'm not like, ah. yeah. What, um, I've been playing a lot of backgammon? online backgammon and quarantine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. love backgammon. Backgammon's great. No, it's great. I, I, I don't a, think I've ever played. Board right here that you oh. can see behind me. That was like my grandfather's backgammon. Ah, oh. my great uncles. That's great. Cool. Yeah. Old people loved backgammon. Oh yeah. So, um, all right. I appreciate both of your perspectives on that. So, I have a follow-up question. Are players today, with all the power that they possess, cheating when they're going to play with each other? <laughs> or um, is, that, is that something that you can still feel satisfaction from if you're involved in like all the, uh, all the uh, ins and outs behind the scenes and using your leverage as, a, uh, as an entity? to get what you want as far as building a team. And when people from Michael Jordan's generation 
talk smack about people doing that today? Do you think it's just sour grapes because they wish they had that power back then? It's, it's definitely sour grapes. They yeah. wish they could have gotten away with it. Um, and so instead, they'll just be on their high horses. Um, as far as I don't blame Kevin Durant for not wanting to play with Russell Westbrook anymore. Right. Like I can't I, and I can't blame him for wanting to play in like the basketball nirvana that was that Golden right. State Warriors system. Right. Like yeah. who, still could be want to do that. Yeah. Like the and, and LeBron James going to play with, you know, his best friend in Miami <laughs> versus effing Cleveland. So like it now and anyone who says, oh, you can you know, it doesn't count because you can't you, they didn't win like the right way or whatever. I'm like, what is the right way when you have a competent GM who pulls Co- Scotty Pippen out of central Arkansas and then, you know, gets Tony Kukoc out of the backwaters of central Europe? Yeah. Like, and then you and then you impotently make fun of him for his weight for the rest of his life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, that was I, so hard to watch. It was disgusting. Yeah. I, I thought that was so low and yeah. gross and really made me not a Michael Jordan fan at all. Yeah. So so I think I think it's it's certainly sour grapes. And then as far as though everyone being what I take more issue with is I think everyone um I think they're playing a rigged game. And the game is rigged because only one team wins a championship every year. And for, for whatever reason, you're only graded on how many championships you win. So what we're doing is like we completely skew basketball. So it becomes this, you know, one in 30 thing every year. And we're saying that's all that matters. And then we rip them for doing whatever they can to try and reach that end. Right. Like, I, I just think it's, it's not fair. Yeah, that's a lose-lose situation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's and all also, we're trying to do is win around. Yeah, and it's also a lot of just like, we did it differently in my day, and it's just old man think of like, my my way was better. So Larry, you agree with John there on that, right? Mm-hmm. These The mm-hmm. players, the NBA players today are not cheating, correct? By making super teams. Yeah. Oh, no. they're cheating another way? Oh, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, no. no. I, I don't think cheat. that's cheating. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask you: um, Is deflating footballs and um, and filming the other team's sidelines is that cheating? I think so. Yeah. Uh, and I know what you're saying like you're you're getting an advantage any way you can, um, but one is like clearly it is against the rules, like to the letter, and the other is not. Um. Cool. Great. Well, that answers all my questions. All right. Um, I, I, watching the behind the scenes stuff here, I forgot how boring athletes are. All they talk about is sports. They're so <laughs> boring. They have nothing else going on in their lives except for Dennis Rodman, and everybody was mad at him. For it. <laughs> uh... Oh, man, I don't like you. You're interesting. You have the balls to wear a wedding dress like I want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. And hit and hit Diamond Dallas Page with a chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um so I will uh make my little thing quick. I I'm very happy with the the additions the Knicks have made this week to their front office. And this is probably not big news, but they've hired Walt Perrin, who's a 19-year vet with the Utah Jazz, who've been one of the best franchises in developing players and finding players. He is given a lot of credit for finding Donovan Mitchell and not finding him, but like, but for advocating to draft him and for finding Rudy Gobert at the end of the first round. They also uh, hired an advanced scout, Frank Zarin from OKC. Um, it just seems like... I, now... I've I have no idea who does what in a front office and who's good. We'll see based on the moves they make, but they're at least finally structuring a front office like a competent organization and not just you know, when they hired Phil Jackson, it was like looking for this savior, this big name. With Steve Mills in charge, it was just like Dolan's loyal friend 
It's now like this looks like a competent organization, and I'm optimistic. I've said it on this program before, and I'll say it again. It's the organization is rotten from the top down, <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you have a very nice fresh banana with a rotten stem. It's going to fall off the bunch, and it's going to end up on the ground, and people are going to step all over. <laughs> I like that metaphor. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm going to defend James Dolan a little bit. He's a doofus. There's no. <laughs> this is me defending him. So he's a doofus. <laughs> <laughs> all right but the thing right, about this doofus okay, he, he does let his front office do their thing he didn't interfere with phil he didn't interfere with fear with this last administration of steve mills they just sucked at it and he's definitely not cheap like you're not going to see a situation like partly because he's in a big market, but you're not going to see a situation of moving a team from Seattle or trading away Harden because you didn't want to go into the tax or anything of that nature. And this season, or this offseason, there's going to be a lot of crazy things going on with the cap dropping and uh, and just like with revenue dropping from you know the pandemic. Um, a team that's going to be willing to go into the tax and pay that extra bill is going to have an advantage in collecting assets and turning the franchise around. So I like that about Dolan, but he's a doofus. (laughs) (laughs) How did James Dolan make his money? Uh, He inherited it from his father. Yeah. Yeah. He's not good at business. (laughs) I think, I mean, that's honestly, I just think that's what it is. I just think he's not good at business and should stop doing business. Yeah. Well, that's why, and I mean, I'm all right with like, yes. And some of the stuff, right. You mean MSG what? network? MSG? Like, yeah. He's all right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he's backed into everything. Well, no, I, I know. I know. I, but a lot of people aren't good at business. Like that's, that's just what it comes yeah, but down to. They don't own the Knicks. Right. They don't own the Knicks. Well, it's, he, I, I mean, as long as he's willing to let, Leon Rose, who's now in charge of Nick's basketball operations, as long as he's willing to let him structure things the way he wants and not, you know, stick his nose into that business, then uh, let him do whatever business deals he wants to do elsewhere. Let him play his harmonica and his band. Um, I, I'll, I'm going to take this moment to be an optimistic Knicks fan. I, I hope. I look- yeah. Go ahead. I mean, we'll no, see. We'll that's see. It. That's all I can say about the Knicks. I hope. I mean, the Knicks to me are like the current presidential administration. <laughs> just, not you're just bad. not good at business. You're not good at what you're trying to do. Right. So just step aside and let other people do what they're going to be doing. And just by virtue of you being there, you're mucking it up. Yeah. I mean, he he does make stupid decisions like. When he, like kicking uh, Oakley out of the building and his fight with Spike Lee recently, it's just like he does things. He, he puts his foot in his mouth for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, if this front office makes good player personnel decisions, they'll be good. Despite James Dolan. Yeah, I mean, they had Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire, and they didn't make it out of the first round, and they were awesome. I mean, that was Amari past his prime. For Not sure. Carmelo. Injured. I mean, who could they – Who could they? all right, so – all right, all right. I'll give you this. They're going to do better. Mm-hmm. How are they going to do better? Who's going to want to go to New York and play? I mean, that is just – if they 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 have to develop through the draft, uh, but if they start, if they just start winning games, um, even if <laughs> that's they, not how this works. No, if they start winning games by develop actually developing talent, that's the uh, problem. Finding finding um, you know finding diamonds in the rough or finding undervalued free agents, then people will start wanting to go there. Let's revisit this conversation in three years. Yes, I'll meet you here <laughs> in three years. All right. Well, that's my piece on the Knicks. Uh, I'd like to thank you both for joining the show. Anything you would like to plug? 
Nothing on my end. Micah? Uh, well, you can see all my work at micahsherman.com, or um, if you want to watch a web series for a while, mm. you can go to bobrosschallenge.com and watch all of them there. For a very good cause. Yep. Yep. And I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Bumble. And uh, subscribe on any of your podcast catchers of choice. Thank you and sports it up.